Thank you for listening to Women in Sports. This show is all about advancing the narrative for women in the sports industry. I'm one of the hosts, Erin Sinnott. And I'm Ashton Pills. This is a Rising Coaches-sponsored show that gives women in the sports industry the opportunity to tell their stories and talk about their experiences. Glad to have you listening along. Stay tuned. Women in Sports is brought to you by Rising Coaches. Rising Coaches is the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. We have over 1,200 members of coaches who, from the high school all the way up to the professional level. Uh, and there's three things that we focus on. Community, relationships, and development. There's no straight line in this business. There's only ups and downs and peaks and valleys. And when you're going through them, it is crucial that you have a support system and a community who has been through the fires themselves that you can lean on and help you through those tough times. Genuine relationships. We put the premium on genuine, uh, not just exchanging phone numbers and speaking one time a year at the Final Four, uh, but rather creating relationships that will last a lifetime and help you both personally and professionally. And finally, and most importantly, development. We are constantly providing resources to our members so that they can work on their craft and add tools to their toolbox. The premise is this. If you sign up and become a member for Rising Coaches for just $120 a year, the relationships and the network will take care of themselves organically so that you can focus on working on your craft and better serving the people that you come in contact every single day as a coach. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. I'm just too dangerous, I'm dangerous Let's be honest, ain't no contest Take those comments for my concept From the get-go, I just get so dangerous, so dangerous Yeah, two equal sides, don't equal ties, yo, I can't That makes me want to play basketball every single time I see it <laughs> Yeah, that great video by Shannon Mathis She's one of our graphics uh, peeps, we call them And also... Ben Tanoff has been helping us. But Aaron, how have you been? Good. I'm good. It's been very, very, very hot in Denver. As you know, Ashton just got back from Denver. Did you get burnt? <laughs> yeah, I have this little Harry Potter scar on my forehead. I <laughs> scar. But no, my trip, uh, I unplugged for this past week. But I'm really excited to get back and uh, get back to this. This is really exciting. We have two great guests tonight. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, as well as um, to just do our own little intro. So my name's Aaron. For those of you that don't know me, um, I grew up in a suburb of Chicago. I played college basketball. I went to the University of Evansville and then I transferred out to Damon College in Buffalo, New York. Had a great experience. Um, actually worked for one of our guests. Um, I was her her intern at the Buffalo Sports Commission. And it was just super incredible. I learned a lot. Um, I'm now finishing my master's degree at Southern Illinois and just moved out to Denver and I'm loving it. It's been super fun and great. I got to meet Ashton last week for the first time. We never thought that that would happen, which is really cool. But yeah. Yeah, really, really exciting that we got to meet last week and kind of brainstorm on some new ideas. 
kind of my background, my name is Ashton Pills and I'm a current student manager at KU. Uh, like Aaron, I played college basketball for two years and then decided to retire from the game this past August and have been with KU ever since as a student manager. Really excited to be here. We have two great guests and yeah, just ready, ready to go. Awesome. So for our first guest, um, I'm going to introduce her, Allie Pawarski. She is the manager of corporate partnerships, business development at Pagula Sports and Entertainment in Buffalo, New York. Um, she's super cool. I'm biased, but love her. Um, so just a little bit about her. She joined Pagula Sports and Entertainment, where she manages relationships for the largest partnerships for the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Buffalo Bandits, which is the lacrosse, professional lacrosse team there. Prior to joining Pagula, she worked for the Buffalo Sports Commission, and she recruited sporting events like the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament and the USA Hockey Championships to Buffalo, as well as the Frozen Four, um, which was super cool. I got to be a part of that and watched it. Didn't have to work. And um, she also had spent some time at the um, Dallas Sports Commission, where she handled major sporting events there as well. Um, she's been working in the sports industry for nine years in a variety of fields and areas. And she graduated from St. John Fisher's in Rochester, New York, and she received her bachelor's degree in sports management and marketing. And is currently back in Buffalo, um, New York, working for the Pulas. So yeah, Ali Pawarski. Thanks. Dan. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I'm excited be here and talk about, you know, two of my favorite things like sports and, and women helping women. Yes, we're great. so glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. And our other guest is Natalie Pepsney and she's the event service coordinator at Intersport. Just a little bit about Natalie. She graduated from LU Chicago in 2018. She got her bachelor's in advertising and public relations and had a couple minors in marketing and sports management. She's dipped her toes in ticket sales, but currently as the event service coordinator at Intersport, she basically heads the notable events such as the Under Armour All-American football game and College Slam Dunk and three-point championships. And she also wanted to know a little side fun fact that her favorite sports team is the Cleveland Cavaliers, but she did mention that she hopes she hopes that they use this quarantine to really study some film and get their act together. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. Um, I want to echo Allie's sentiments. Super excited to be here. Um, agree. I think, you know, this platform um, is going to do, you know, huge things for women in sports. So very excited to, to be on here as a guest. Yes, we're so glad to have you also. Yeah, so our first question, we really like to pinpoint what is one way that you both start your day? Go ahead, Natalie. All right. Um, actually, this is something I implemented maybe a couple months ago. I started, um, it's so cheesy, but a gratitude journal. Um, so every morning I wake up um, and write down three things that I was grateful for um, the day prior, whether that's work-related, personal-related, um, whatever it might be. It could be the smallest thing. Um, but I think that it really just kind of sets my mind right for um, the day ahead and to kind of tackle whatever's in front of me. I that's a really good idea. idea. Yeah, it's a, it is a good idea. I also have recently, up until recently, thought it was equally cheesy, um, but it really works. So I highly recommend. I actually end my day that way. 
Um, just kind of like looking back and thinking like, what did I accomplish? What am I grateful for? Um, but starting the day, I try to do either like some sort of workout or yoga that's really helped to just um, get me energized and kind of get inspired for the day. Um, and then usually like typical make coffee and then kind of just start to tackle the emails because usually that adds up quick. Um, and then kind of shut that down and go into, you know, well now our calls, our Zoom calls and projects and things like that. Yeah, so just to stay kind of on you, Allie, um, what is your specific role and like your favorite part about that at Pagula? So I represent some of our largest partnerships um, across the bills, savers and bandits. Um, so anywhere from um, like our healthcare companies um, to um, newer cap, um, our, our banking financial company. Um, so really I'm responsible for maintaining that relationship and enhancing it. Um, and really being able to find a way to tell their story to our fans um, and help drive um, ROI for them. Um, my favorite part, I honestly, I would say is that like we're building relationships and really finding out what makes each company unique and figuring out how to tell our fans um, that story and to really kind of see a full circle when it's on game day or um, we have a certain promotion and the fans give positive feedback or um, they're wearing the certain cap that we're promoting or they're talking about the certain promotion, um, just kind of being able to be part of that full circle piece. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Natalie, what about you, your favorite part? Like what's your, um, your role and your favorite part of it? Yeah. Um, so as an event services coordinator with Intersport, so we own and operate um, about seven different sports properties throughout the year. Um, so a lot of all-star sporting events for high school and college athletes. Um, and my role with that is uh, a lot of the, it's just operation side. So doing the hotel contracts, athlete communication, um, the catering, all of the little nitty gritty that you don't think about. Um, but I think my favorite part of that, um, a colleague mentions at every event that we have is just that tangible moment that we're fortunate enough to get in the events industry where we really get to see all of the hard work come to life. Um, you get to, you know, watch the basketball game, football game, whatever it might be in front of you um, and see everything that you've worked for um, actually, you know, come to life. So I think that'd probably be my favorite part. Definitely. Definitely. I always call it like when you sit on your couch at the end of the day and like, like everything is like your angles are swollen and pulsating and you're like still super amped about what you just put on that like you're really exhausted but can't go to sleep because you're still like super the adrenaline is still going. 100%. You're like no please sleep. Yeah definitely. Yes both or both great answers. Kind of talking about more of the sports side, the event side, what has been a win for you in the sense of something that you've done really well that made you realize like I've chosen the right profession and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. Um, for me, it was uh, back when I was at in Houston, 
Um, Aaron, my counterpart said Dallas would get very upset. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Wait. Yeah. <gasps> no, I'm no, so it's sorry. All, it's all good. I gotta, I have to represent them because it's like very much a battle there. Um, I should just said Texas. All good love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I was in Texas back in 2011, 2012, um, I had the opportunity to plan the opening and closing ceremonies for the Junior Olympics. Um, so it's 18, 18 different sports, six plus different venues, 18,000 athletes. Um, and the opening ceremonies is you know, really kind of that first kickoff major event where everybody comes, they bring their family, their friends. Um, and it's just really a celebration of everything that they've been, they've been doing it for that year. And, um, in their competition or their competitive sports. So um, we had fireworks and guest speakers and a, a torch relay and um, sports performances. Like there was just, I mean, you can imagine the Olympics on just a very, very small scale. Um, and that was kind of one of my first big career opportunities. Um, and just really like seeing it all come together and just that wave of emotion and energy as like, the first part of that event goes off is when I kind of knew like, this is where I need to be. This is what I want to do. Like just create that kind of like what Natalie said, that intangible moment for people that just energizes them and puts them in a place that um, maybe they wouldn't have imagined. No, I think that's awesome. Um, on my end, um, I think the first major career win was um, actually like right out of the gates, um, got my full-time gig at Intersport. And we, the first event I got to plan was the college home run derby. And I'm a sucker for baseball. Um, those players are super respectful. They're so fun to work with. And we planned the entire thing. We were ready to go. And that day um, it got completely rained out. It was just uh, an awful thunderstorm that came through Omaha, Nebraska. And um, so my colleague and I, who got hired on around the same time, um, it was pretty much just up to us to replan everything for the next day. Um, and so we're in, you know, a hotel boardroom late at night. And, um, and you realize that the fact that it's not stressing you out um, the fact that you aren't miserable must mean that you're you're in that in the right position. And it was more so exciting to tackle this challenge. Um, and so getting to to replan everything in twenty four hours and then see it come to life again um, and and celebrate with, you know, fireworks display at the end um, with very happy, you know, baseball players, a crowd, all of that, um, I think was kind of the moment I knew I was in the right career path. Yeah, definitely. I even like from our conversations that we've had, Natalie, like, like I know that you love just getting to interact with the players and like it's usually towards like the end of their eligibility, right? So they can like, there's not as many rules as usual, which I thought was like super cool because that is like a really exciting part of your career. Um, but even just kind of speaking to the craziness, how do you like attack the original plan to events and then now with this experience with like events not going always how we want, um, how do you just kind of like attack, like what's your mentality towards that? 
Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's funny. I'm such a type A person. Like I love checklists and I love things going right according to plan. And that's definitely not how the events world works. Um, but I mean, we, you know, my team and I attack it. Um, we, we create like this big to-do list for each event and who's responsible and what that budget is and all of that, and kind of have a color coding system to see where we are, um, in, in the process. Um, so we all have our niche roles where we have our marketing guys, we have our sponsorship people, we have our ops people. Um, and so we all just, you know, ensure that we do our roles as best we know how we come together probably once a week for status calls and all of that. Um, but, but we really stick to a shared document where we're all just aware of, of everything that's going on. And I think over communication is key in our field where we're just constantly communicating and ensuring that everybody's on the same page. Um, so I think that's probably how we best prepare for, for events. Um, when things go awry, um, it's definitely just, you know, thinking on your feet. And I think that's kind of the fun part of it. Um, they warn you when you get into sports and events to expect that nothing will go <laughs> according to plan. Um, yeah. I thought they were joking, but it's a hundred percent true. Um, but I think that's what makes it fun. And so it's, it's kind of thinking of those creative solutions on the spot, um, and, and maintaining a calm mentality. I think the biggest thing is just having a really good group of people that you work with. Um, I'm fortunate to have such a great team where we can, you know, lean on each other in those situations where things go awry. Um, and so we can all just kind of, you know, somebody delegates and we all tackle it and, and we figure it out. That's a great point too. Like things are always gonna, like something is always going to happen and out of your control and they're going to go awry and you have to figure out how to get through it. But Natalie, I love that. Like you have to have good people around you that you can trust, like just on a team, like if you don't get along with everybody on the court or figure out how to come together, you're never, you're not going to win. You're just not. So I a hundred percent agree. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, I think that's so important to remember the team aspect and how you can work well with people. That kind of leads us to our next question we had for both of us. How do you guys define a great leader for your, your teams that you work with and what are some qualities that that individual or individuals would possess? Um, somebody who definitely leads by example, um, you know, kind of somebody that embodies all the traits that you would think, like we all know what a good leader looks like and feels like. Um, but it's just what, what is that? Um, Somebody, you know, is a def definitely a good communicator, uh, somebody that's open, honest, transparent, um, has a good integrity that you can look up to, um, and really somebody, I think, that asks good questions, like that constantly kind of like turns over the leaf and, you know, did you think about this or did you think about that? And, and kind of, I think, asking good questions helps pioneer the way for others to um, want to follow you. I 100% agree with all that. I think, right, asking questions and, and challenging you to, I mean, just to be your best person, I think is huge. Um, I think the biggest thing I always say, I'm screwed the day that I, you know, I'm not at Intersport anymore because I have the best boss. Um, and I think a leadership quality I see in him 
is just the fact that he cares for the whole person. And he really is like looking out for you, not only professionally, but personally making sure you know that, that your mental health on site at an event is okay. And, um, and just kind of, you know, caring for, for every part of you and wanting the best for you and, and kind of, you know, hoping that you're going to grow to your maximum potential. So um, I want to echo everything that Ali said and, and, and then tack that on as well. Yeah, definitely. Even the like, specifically the question part is like facilitating an environment to have to be able to come with questions, but then also um, like Allie working with you, I think just like asking good questions. That was something that I think was like a huge part of like my learning experience with you was like, not only were our offices like really far away. So I was like, okay, I can't just run to her for anything. This is like junior year, Aaron, like, oh no. Um, Or just like simple things of like, how do I input this in like Excel? But like, you really challenged me to like ask good questions and to ask like, full circle questions that weren't just like, like I'd try to figure it out first before, you know, going, um, just like running to you, which I think like really challenged me to, and definitely something like I do today. Like I try to figure things out first and then, and then go ask the question, but then also like knowing that I can trust you, like, even if it, it is silly or not. So definitely asking questions. It's, it's like very simple, but hard thing. For sure. Um, another kind of like question for the both of you um, is just like what valuable lessons have you learned throughout your time, whether that be like a huge mistake or the wrong call or even just like making the right call or things like that. I think the biggest thing about events is like learning from the past. You always want to like improve. So just like if you guys could speak to that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I kind of touched on it before. I think, you know, the, the biggest lesson, if anything, is just to expect the unexpected and, and bring that on as an opportunity um, rather than, you know, a setback. Um, I think that's probably one of the, the greatest lessons. And I think the other one is just, I mean, truly like how important personal connection and relationships um, are. I know Allie touched on that earlier, but I mean, I just think that, you know, we're, we're in the business of, you know, creating experiences for people. And, um, I think that, you know, personal connection and and truly like honesty with that personal connection. And, you know, if you mess something up, you know, come by it honestly, um, you know, celebrate the wins together, all of that, whether it's personal connection with a colleague, with a vendor, with an athlete, whatever it might be. Um, I really think that that's something, you know, that, that you can take away and, and just learn to apply that, you know, in all aspects of your life. Yeah, I agree with Natalie as well. Like relationships are huge. So taking the time to invest in that um, while you're investing in yourself and working on your craft, but like building that community and almost like being inclusive, like constantly thinking like who else should be involved, who else um, would help build the team and, and be of import of importance. Um, and then I would, and then being authentic for sure. Um, being your true self and, um, you know, riding that through and through. Um, and then the kind of like, I guess not the negative, but the other side of the coin, um, controlling what you can control and not letting others, um, 
emotions or situations impact your own. Um, I'm somebody that wears like my heart and emotions on my sleeves. So just trying to kind of like remember, you know, I can control what I can control. I can't control what Natalie is going to say or how she's going to react to my idea. Um, but as long as I kind of stick to like my core values and, and I'm kind, um, you know, then I, then I'm doing the right thing. So just kind of remembering to be inclusive, I guess, but also just kind of to stay in your zone. Yeah. All these words are sticking out like relationship, inclusive, genuine, authentic, that kind of ties back to, you know, at the beginning, Adam talked about what Rising Coaches stands for. You know, we try to create those genuine relationships when we're networking. Could you both just talk about how you've been able to build your network in each of your businesses and organizations, you know, with vendors, athletes? Yeah, um, no, 100%. I think um, it's something that actually, you know, my dad really stressed to me in college was just the importance of networking in general. So that just became like my obsession in college was um, to network with as many people as possible. It started with, you know, professors. And then um, from there was people within the industry. Um, And then once you actually get into the industry, I do think that the biggest thing that I take away in terms of, you know, building these relationships is, you know, everybody's on a level playing field in a sense, and nobody is lesser than anybody. So your vendor isn't lesser than, you know, your star athlete, whatever it might be, because you need all of those people to put on an event. Um, so I think treating each encounter with that mentality has truly helped. Um, you know, I love my hotel contacts down in Fort Myers, Florida, and I touch base with them, you know, once a month at least. And, um, but I also equally love my athletes that I get to watch on my big screen pre-corona and all of that. So, um, so I really do think that, you know, just approaching each and every encounter within the industry with that mentality of, Hey, you know, we're all trying to make it, we all have our niche, whatever it might be, um, is only going to set you and everybody else up for success. Yeah, for sure. And I would say networking, you know, above you, below you and either side too, like Natalie's point about the vendor. Um, you never, you just never know who that vendor is connected to, or you might meet them down the road. Um, that may help you in another situation, um, and kind of building again, keep building that circle from there. Um, and then staying in contact with them too. There's people I still talk to that I worked in or worked with Houston several years ago. Um, one, cause it's just, I mean, that's who I am. It's a, you know, a human component, but also, um, you know, you build, you spend so much time building relationships with these people to, you know, stay connected and you learn from them. And, you know, with all the, the COVID-19 stuff we're talking to, you know, it's helpful to talk to those people in Houston, like, how are you handling the sport industry? What are you doing? What are ways that you're um, providing touch points to your partners? Um, You know, we can all kind of help each other when you stay connected like that. Yeah. Yeah. De- oh, sorry, Ashton. <laughs> oh, you're good. Go ahead. Um, even yes, like speaking to the, like the current situation, like COVID, like you guys are in events or like you're in sports and the NFL and Allie, you have like an insight to kind of how things like that are going on. And Natalie, like you still have clients and accounts and customers. What kind of has been the, like the positive moving forward moments of that and 
and even if, if not, if there aren't any, but just like speaking to kind of like, how are you guys looking to come out of this stronger than, than, than what it was in the past? Um, well, certainly building on the relationships. I think we've like our, our group for sure has talked to people a lot more. Um, and just also, again, adding that human component. So it's talking about business, but also like meeting them where they are. Um, and just remembering the importance of relationships, um, and then kind of coming out stronger of that way, but also like seeing things from all angles, like right now, you know, for really both the NFL and NHL, we're not sure if there's going to be fans, like there might not be there, there might be. Um, so we're planning for all scenarios to just, just like you plan, um, and practice for the next game, like you're you're doing your own work, but also, um, you know, prepping for that specific opponent. Um, and, and that's exactly what we're doing just to make sure that we're prepared and, you know, we won't get stressed on event day because there won't be, you know, as many curveballs thrown at us, hopefully at that time. Um, but it just shows you how much like quality time is so important with people during this. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the the personal component is huge. And that's something that, you know, our team touches on on a weekly basis of just, you know, make sure that you're keeping in contact with with anybody that you've worked with in the past, whether it's, you know, the the athletes, the vendors, the hotel contacts, just that personal connection is huge. Um, and I think to, I mean, the thought of coming out stronger with all of this is just, I have seen more creative thinking than I ever thought I would have prior. I mean, Intersport has very creative minds and I get to see that on a daily basis. But then with, you know, everything turning digital with, you know, clients asking us to, you know, completely shift our focus um, because of what's going on. It has been really incredible to see everybody kind of work as one team um, rather than in, you know, specific departments and, and really stretch your way of thinking um, in terms of how to create, you know, different solutions for our partners, for our clients, for each other, honestly. Um, so, you know, it's definitely a tough time for everybody, but I do think that the personal connection and, and the inspiration that's coming out of this um, is going to prevail. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we've seen some of the best examples of creativity through Twitter and Instagram and on different platforms. I feel like the industry as a whole has come together as this huge community and everyone's leaning on each other. So I, I totally agree. Kind of adding on to that personal connection, just flipping the switch to mentors, like who are some of the people that have helped guided you in your career? And could you just speak on the importance of finding those mentors that you can rely on? Go ahead, now. <laughs> okay. I know I'm like bouncing back and forth. Um, <laughs> I think if anything, I mean, my, my first mentor, you know, I kind of like latched onto in college was a, a sport management professor of mine. And she um, is the one that, you know, put me in contact with people for my first um, sports internship um, and just really encouraged me, we, you know, we would meet for coffee, you know, once every other week or whatever it might be. And, and she's just the, the driving force behind what made me so passionate and excited to be in this industry. 
um, which was awesome. And then from there, you know, meeting different people within those internships. Um, I think my first internship, the individual I reported to, she and I are like absolute best friends now. And, and she was constantly, you know, just encouraging me. Um, and from there at Intersport, you know, my, my boss is, you know, absolutely incredible. He's, um, everything that I hope to emulate, um, as I continue to, to climb the ladder in the industry. Um, so I think, you know, you, you have to find people that, um, are just constantly going to encourage you and just want to see you succeed and want to see you grow. And I think, um, that's the biggest thing is, is they're gonna, you know, help you and whatever it might be. If it's not, you know, if you don't want to do exactly what they're doing with their career, like they still care and they still want to see you grow and they're going to put you in contact with the right people. Um, so sometimes those people are hard to find. Um, I was lucky enough to stumble upon them, um, in each kind of, I mean, point in, in my career path, but, um, I do think that it's just so important to surround yourself with mentors, with people that are going to encourage you and push you, uh, to, continue to grow because that's the only way that you're going to be able to succeed. Yeah, for sure. It's, I, I mean, I love the mentorship programs, but for me too, it's been very just like a natural progression and it hasn't been the same person throughout my whole career, whole life. It's changed with um, jobs or where I've lived um, or maybe just like personally what I've been, um, you know, addressing at that time. Um, but each person has been significant to that. So, and it's not something that was formally like, okay, Allie, me, Aaron, and Aaron's going to help guide you through life. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it's just natural that like it happened to be a boss. Sometime it was, sometimes it was someone that I didn't get along with at all in the organization, but they, um, they challenged me to, to be better and to grow. And a lot of times I, I look back at that and, um, you know, maybe it wasn't, it was like kind of the, the tough love, but, um, it's, I, I always remember those things as they stick in your head. Um, and, you know, certainly those people too, that you can just have great conversations with. Um, and, you know, again, those who are going to help build you up, help you grow. Um, it's not going to always be the, the sugar coated advice. It's going to be what's real. Um, and, and finding somebody that really knows you, um, and I say love, like that's a strong word, but who loves you unconditionally, who has your best interests in heart and is going to help you, um, achieve where you want to be. Yeah. I, I love that response. We had someone on a few weeks ago that, that shared, you want to find mentors and people that are going to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. So I totally agree with the tough love part. I think that's very, very vital. We, we want to jump into our viewer questions now. So we'll call on Adam. He had a question. You can unmute yourself, Adam. Thanks, Ashton. Um, both of you guys, I guess, kind of in your job description have to be doers, right? Um, so, but my question is more about like building a team and delegating, which I personally have issues with. You know, I'd, I'd much rather get something done myself, but at some point you do have to delegate. So just curious if you guys had advice on that. I think knowing who's who's on your team, because everybody's gonna have different strengths and weaknesses. And this is something before COVID, we were talking a lot about 
um, with our team and our department is, you know, sometimes we always focus on the person's weakness that maybe we should focus on highlighting their strengths. And so, you know, maybe this person, um, you know, has great ideas, but isn't the best executor. So we're not going to put that person in the ex executing role. We're going to put them in the idea role. Um, so kind of just building a team that way and making sure that you're, you're having a strength in each area um, and maybe somebody who complements that weakness too. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think on our end, I mean, building, you know, your team in general, I think we're really fortunate. You know, my team is in that we are just all really close. Um, we really get along outside of work as well. So I think that, you know, really translated, translates into our work. Um, but in terms of delegating, I honestly, I mean, I agree with what Ali said. I mean, you have to focus on people's strengths. Um, otherwise you're, you're going to set them up for failure as well as the team. Um, but I really do think that in terms of delegating, I think it's just important to, you know, again, I've stressed on it before, but over communicate, um, you, you definitely want a balance of who is, I'm sorry, a balance of, um, like delegating and, and letting somebody, you know, do their own thing. Um, you know, you don't want to micromanage by any means, but, um, I do think that over communication is key right off the bat so that that person, um, can really learn, um, feels, you know, no pressure in terms of asking questions. Um, and then from there can kind of take it and run with it. I think if you're pretty, you know, open and honest up front about what you need, um, you know, you open up that platform for questions, then that individual is going to have no problem completing that task in the way that, you know, either you're hoping for or a way that um, is going to surprise you for the good. Yeah, definitely. Even like leading by example is huge as well with like the over communicating. I think it's, it's great to not only have like a boss or somebody that's going to say what needs to get done, but then seeing them do it as well and like doing it wholeheartedly and with passion is definitely um, something that that's super great to see at events, especially because it's crazy. But um, Nicole, if you want to go ahead and unmute yourself, you can ask your question as well. Sounds good. Thanks. And in, yeah. And introduce yourself if you'd like. Oh yeah. Um, I'm Nicole Seidel. Uh, I'm a social media manager for an automotive company in town, but super uh, interested in the sports industry and, and trying to find a way in at some point. Uh, so originally my question was for Allie, but Natalie, you mentioned you had some uh, sports management classes as well. Uh, I was kind of curious how that degree and those classes kind of set you both up for success. And if there are any like key things that you guys really took away into your careers. I think it's at the foundation, right? Like you take sport finance and sport marketing and um, sports events, like it really, and that's what I feel like, Erin, you probably heard this 20 times from me, like, especially when you're starting out, like do a little bit of different things um, to kind of make yourself well-rounded. And then that way, you know, things will fall um, and stack up, um, you know, highlighting your strengths and then what you really like. Um, so if you take something in an internship in sport marketing and you realize, oh, wow, I don't like this. I'm, it's not my strength. Okay. Well then, you know, at least you have those skills. So if you go into your next position, um, you know, you, you have that in case someone needs it. Um, but then, you know, you try something in, um, sport operations and you really love it and you find a niche. 
Um, but then you never know what sport marketing might've taught you. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it, it set the foundation and helped kind of dip your toes into a little bit of everything. Um, but you don't have to go into, I wouldn't say you have to go into sport management if you want to be in sports either. Um, there's so many people in the industry that have had indirect routes, like analytics is huge, especially, um, for, for what I do, um, in the NFL. So somebody that went into business and, and analytics focus could be working for the Buffalo Bills. Um, it's just kind of figuring out what you like and um, just building on that. Yeah, I want to echo that 100%. I do think that internships are a great opportunity, of course, to you know experience different um, parts of the industry. But honestly, the, the classes are what guided me to specific internships, which then guided me to my, my current position. So I really do think that, I mean, the classes in general, you know, at least for me, professors would bring in incredible speakers. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be in downtown Chicago. So we had, you know, a lot of, it's definitely a sports city. So we had a lot of, you know, um, big names come and speak to us, which was uh, huge. You know, I learned all right, I'm maybe not into media and journalism, but I am definitely interested in the operations side of things. Um, so I really think just getting everything you possibly can out of those classes, talking to the professors, talking to speakers that they might bring in, um, and really throwing yourself into the the projects that you're working on. You know, if you're working on a marketing plan for a specific you know sports brand, whatever it might be, um, just really you know take everything that you're offered and run with it. Awesome. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Definitely. And even too, um, I joke about this all the time. I, my least favorite thing ever was uh, marketing. I hated it. I thought it was like pointless and dumb. And then all of a sudden I, like I got a graduate assistantship that was literally marketing. And I, I was like, this is awesome. This is terrible. But literally everything I learned through marketing, I like remembered things from like, <laughs> Allie's laughing. She's like, she was mortified. <laughs> but I like remembered everything that Allie had taught me and I had loved the events side. I was like, I want to do events. I want to do like operations. And it all got thrown together. And then even like moving forward now, like you have to not only be like good at marketing for other people, but also like yourself, like you have to be able to market yourself and be able to tell people like you want me in your company or you want me on your team because of like this, this, and this, and like, now let me show you once you get the chance. So it all kind of comes around. So definitely dipping your toes and all different things. Never thought I'd be in marketing, but it ended up being really impactful for me. If that helps as well. Um, You're telling yeah. me it all worked out. <laughs> it did. It did. I did not think it would at the time, but I'm very thankful for it. Um, and then the next question, is it Shayna? Would you like to ask your question? Yeah, it's Sheena, but it was close. Sheena, okay. Yeah, it was close. Darn, I knew. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I literally texted Ash and I was like, is it Sheena or Shayna? No, it's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's for both of you guys. What are some things that you guys do for professional development and like some personal growth things? Like what are you working on like every day to just like get better at what you do or as a person? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And it's something that coming into the industry, I didn't really think about until I sat down with somebody um, at Intersport who challenged me to kind of focus at least once a week on 
what you did well this week, what you could have done better on, who you helped, who you could have helped, who helped you and who could have helped you. And so every Friday I have a little calendar appointment um, that kind of, you know, goes off in terms of just kind of like little self-reflections on the professional side of things. And that's really helped me to continue to grow. And then I think the biggest thing too is um, finding resources. Um, You know, something like this is obviously huge um, to learn about the different opportunities there are in sports. I joined um, WISE, which is Women in Sports and Events. And they put on events um, in every, like a ton of big cities um, across the country where, you know, they bring in different speakers and have networking events and all of that, um, probably like once a month. So um, you'll be able to find little things um, that you are able to to do to just continue to grow and expand um, within the industry. Yeah, fully agree. Um, Personally, like I mentioned earlier, starting that, gratitude journal of writing, you know, kind of just using that as a moment to reflect. Um, You know, I reflect in the way of talking it out and people that are on here will probably laugh because that's how I work through my, you know, thoughts, ideas, feelings. Um, But also using that as a place to, um, what did I, you know, what lesson did I learn today? What am I going to be better? What did I do really great at today? Um, Kind of keeping those, um, moments of personal growth from that. Um, You know, certainly the formal um, conferences and networking groups that that are out there. um, And then also staying in touch with people that I've worked with in the past. Um, Again, just building off ideas, staying connected. Um, What are they working on? What are they going through? I think there's something to be said about people that you've met along the way um, and worked with that I think will help develop you and your career as well. Um, And then something I told Aaron maybe a couple months ago is now is the perfect time to just reach out to people. Um, You know, thankful, not thankfully, I don't know. I try and take the positive, but we're at home and people are more accessible. And um, the the people that have kind of come out and wanted to just talk are incredible. So I think now's the time more than ever that people are um, you know, yearning for that human connection, but then also willing to give their advice. So um, it's just kind of taking that risk to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. Um, and I think, you know, people will positively respond to that. Yeah, I wish I could like quote, tweet that, retweet it, favorite it, everything. Super important. Literally how I got with Rising Coaches. Just <laughs> it's been crazy, um, but super awesome. Um, but just kind of to jump to just the women in sports, that's like what we're all about. We're trying to, you know, pursue this narrative with um, kind of a male dominated industry, especially in events. Um, can you guys just speak to basically just like being a female in a male dominated industry like events and in planning and executing high caliber events? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, it's funny, you know, this question all the time I laugh at just because the, the first time I ever really noticed that I was in a male dominated industry, we had like a giant all company meeting where we had to go to a different floor of our office and we all pile in the elevator and I look around and I'm the only girl amongst like 20 men. And I was like, Oh wow, I really do work in a male dominated industry. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that honestly, you know, you, at this point in time, we're seeing, um, progression, you know, you're seeing it with 
Michelle Roberts, who's the executive director of the um, Players Association. You're seeing it with people like Jamel Hill, um, you know, whoever it might be. You're you're seeing those women in these leadership positions or these big name positions. And I really think that you just have to, you know, find somebody that you admire and look up to um, and, and just use that as inspiration. Um, from there, you know, you can pick people's brains, find other women in the industry like people are doing right now, pick their brains about how um, this is all working. I mean, it's just all about networking. Um, but, but I do think that, you know, the respect for women in the industry continues to grow. I mean, it's definitely a hurdle. It's definitely a challenge. Um, but you know, if you, I think the biggest thing that there can be is less questioning. Um, I think that a lot of, you know, males and even some females question you about your decision to work in sports, about your knowledge of sports, whatever it might be. Um, if we can get away from questioning and just really listen, um, I think that you're going to find, you know, all these women have such fantastic ideas of ways to um, just advance the industry in general. And so I think that networking um, and listening are maybe two of the biggest things where we can really continue to ramp up um, females in the industry. Yeah, well said for sure, Natalie. Um, I think power comes in numbers. So we're, you know, we're definitely getting there. Um, but as you rise as a, a woman, take people along with you. Um, it's not a solo act. You don't get there by yourself. Um, but also, I mean, I have great relationships with the men in the industry, and they're probably most of the ones that have helped me get to where I am and help, you know, build me up. And um, I mean, I would hope I would hope they would say this, but I don't I don't think they see kind of that divide. Um, and I also I find it empowering that they challenge they challenge me. It's kind of nice that it's not a hundred percent or 99% women because it's competitive and that's what sports is. And I think that's why we all get in this industry is we love to compete in some fashion. Um, but it's just, yeah, kind of breaking the barrier for, um, you know, some of those higher level positions, but yeah, building the community around you and just proving, um, your worth and your talent. Um, hopefully we'll just keep breaking down those walls. Yeah, that that's really, really good. You just mentioned, you know, you have guys that you work alongside with that challenge you. We had a viewer that wants to ask, he works in the NBA and he's seeing more and more women, you know, want to start coaching on the men's side, be on the men's side in operations. So as a guy, how can they continue to help bridge the gap and have more women apply and network with them? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Great point. Um, the men in our communities can be our, um, our support and our advocates as well. It doesn't always have to be women supporting women. It could be men supporting women and women supporting men. Um, you know, having that, that guy be a voice for her to say that, yeah, she is worthy and she's, maybe she's better that, at me than operations and that's why she should have this position. Um, and same thing for men going over to the woman's side, like just because you're on the, the women's side of basketball doesn't mean it's any less than, um, the men's. I think, you know, you learn different things and you're still gaining the skills and networking and, and all those good pieces that we're all talking about. Um, but 
yeah, just like trying to not have that that gender kind of sticker all the time, just people supporting people. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I honestly don't have too much to add to that. I really do think it's, um, I do think I'm fortunate, you know, in my position where it, it isn't any sort of divide and it really is that that idea of people supporting people and everybody has good ideas. And and so, you know, if, right, if there's a, a guy that wants to, you know, help us out with the Under Armour women's volleyball game, like, absolutely, that's what we want. If, you know, there's, you know, a female in the company that wants to get involved on the final four events that we, that we put on, like, I mean, that's just what you want to see. And those are the ways that are going to continue to advance um, women in sports in general. And then hopefully, you know, level out that playing field where, right, there isn't really that divide, whether it's, you know, men getting involved in women's sports, women getting involved in men's sports, vice versa. I think that's super, super great. Both amazing answers. I think a big thing too is getting away from like men going to women's like coaching, obviously like my experiences with basketball, but a lot of the, I think stigma is like, Oh, like they're not good enough to cut it on the men's side. So they go to women um, and coach there. And I think if we highlight and listen and talk to the people that, are coaching women's basketball for the the reason that it's just that that that's what they love and that's what they want to do. Um, it definitely helps to to break down that barrier as well. Um, something we kind of always like to do as well on our show is our points of pride. So our guests have had a little time to think about it, but just kind of um, and I know you guys have hit on a lot about like your gratitude and and journaling and just being very reflective about your journeys, but just kind of like what are, or what would you guys say are your points of pride? So just something that at the end of the day, you can look on and say like, whether it was a really good day or really bad day, just moving forward. What are, what are your points of pride that you try to keep um, yourself grounded with? Um, I really liked this question a lot. I think, um, the, the biggest one, and I think I touched on it prior, is just personal connection. Um, I think that's the biggest thing where, you know, no matter what kind of day it was, when I like lay down at night, I can think about, okay, I had a great conversation with, you know, this vendor. I had, you know, just an awesome day working with this coworker or this athlete, you know, personally came to me and thanked me for everything that I did. And, and that was huge. Um, I think that's one thing. And then the other thing is just knowing that, you know, what you're doing is going to change somebody's life. Um, you know, you might not think that in the world of sports because we're not, you know, out here curing cancer, whatever it is, but um, knowing that, you know, a, a small football skills challenge that I do is going to help a player get more exposure so that he might get drafted, um, you know, or it might a high school um, sporting event might, you know, put that kid in the limelight where he can get a scholarship. Um, the smallest things, uh, I think is just really exciting to know that, Hey, 20 years down the road, this kid might not remember it, but, but I will, his parents will, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's something that just keeps me going. Um, staying true to your values. I mentioned this before, but, you know, not letting, um, the points in the day or the people in in the day, um, just completely consume you. Um, you know, can you look back at the day and say, okay, everything that I did and said, um, you know, for the most part, I 
I stuck to my values um, for that. And, um, you know, I was trying to think of something kitschy, but like being aware. So, you know, was I aware of everyone's ideas, um, opinions, feelings, and, you know, trying to remember that um, being authentic and my, my authentic self, I'm living that and breathing that. Um, and then activating, am I activating my passion and why I'm here and why that day, um, for the junior Olympics ceremonies, you know, that I have that same feeling, um, and then activating relationships, activating them, you know, professionally and, and personally. Definitely. Yeah. Being a doer is something that's huge just in life in general, but especially in sports, like you just have to be willing and, and vulnerable and reach out. And the, the worst thing that's going to happen is someone says no, or doesn't have time, but they have plenty of time right now. So <laughs> I suggest everyone reach out to people um, and just ask for help or, or advice or anything. People are super willing to, to want to talk about themselves and, and to just help other people. So yeah, that was a, that was a good word for sure. Yeah, I love what you said, Allie, about activating your passion. And I think just it goes along with what both of you have said the whole time, you know, relationships, you know, being personal, inclusive. And I think that's what sports is all about is sports, you know, we're, they always say we're not doing brain surgery. We're not doing rocket science. We're getting to do what fills us up every single day. You know, we find joy in this profession. So I think you both hit on so many great points. So just in closing, we want to me and Aaron both want to thank you for just taking time out of your day to, to share with us and give us a unique perspective on the event side of sports. Oh my gosh, absolutely. No, this was so fun. I know Aaron and I got, you know, randomly connected and, and this is awesome. I'm, you know, not only to get to share, but to learn so much from Allie as well. Um, this has been great. I appreciate it. Yeah, and credit to you two girls. I mean, you're you're killing it. You're doing it. You're activating. Um, you know, keep a great platform for us to just talk and connect. So, thank you. Yes, definitely. We appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening to Women in Sports. This show is all about advancing the narrative for women in the sports industry. I'm one of the hosts, Aaron Sinnott. And I'm Ashton Pills. This is a Rising Coaches sponsored show that gives women in the sports industry the opportunity to tell their stories and talk about their experiences. Glad to have you listening along. Stay tuned. Women in Sports is brought to you by Rising Coaches. Rising Coaches is the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. We have over 1,200 members of coaches who, from the high school all the way up to the professional level. Uh, and there's three things that we focus on, community, relationships, and development. There's no straight line in this business. There's only ups and downs and peaks and valleys. And when you're going through them, it is crucial that you have a support system and a community who has been through the fires themselves that you can lean on and help you through those tough times. Genuine relationships. We put the premium on genuine, uh, not just exchanging phone numbers and speaking one time a year at the Final Four. Uh, but rather creating relationships that will last a lifetime and help you both personally and professionally. And finally, and most importantly, development. We are constantly providing resources to our members so that they can work on their craft and add tools to their toolbox. The premise is this. If you sign up and become a member for Rising Coaches for just $120 a year, 
The relationships and the network will take care of themselves organically so that you can focus on working on your craft and better serving the people that you come in contact every single day as a coach. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today.